1: Looking to get side of Fon Lafondra
0: away from David. Three-one, Reading. Three points, Reading.
2: Hello, and welcome to another Elm Park Royals preview podcast with Jonathan Lowe. How are you doing, Jonathan?
1: Hello, Matthew. Yes, all, uh, all good. Thank you. Very good.
2: Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, of Reading, uh, the, the trip at the weekend wasn't really the best one
1: no it wasn't
2: uh it wasn't good from a, a reading perspective um two 0 defeat and
1: probably deserved i think uh, overall on the, on the balance of play um unfortunately they couldn't uh, produce a strong reaction after that midweek blackpool defeat and um yeah didn't really have anything in the final third um defensively they were right in the first half but obviously shipped those two goals in quick succession in the second half and were never able to to really recover and um clearly losing Femi Aziz was a blow in the first half. I think he, he had a bright uh, first 35 minutes or so. And um, When Puskas came on, he, he actually put in a bit of a shift. I didn't think he, it was actually too bad, but uh, not enough of the attacking midfielders, I suppose. Sort of like the swift, Ajara Deli um did enough to create the chances, let alone score the goals needed to, to get back into the game. And uh, unfortunately, we're, we're left reflecting on a, another defeat.
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Femi Aziz must be ruining his luck because uh, it doesn't. It doesn't look great, does it? When you when you come straight back into the team and then and then get injured straight away, that that kind of implies that either you weren't completely fit to begin with, or you know, it's it's not going to be something simple to get over, or I guess a mixture of both. Do we Do we know how bad it is currently?
1: Uh, we don't know. Um, do you speak to? Panovic, uh quite shortly actually so, so we'll get an update but um, initially he said at the end of uh, the game last week that you know it's probably going to be at least another few weeks out. Um, I imagine it's just sort of like a, another tw- tweak of the hand I think it's not necessarily a tear but uh, still it will be enough to, to rule him out for uh, the foreseeable future. Um, I mean he, he did come back in the previous two games didn't he against Barnsley and Blackpool uh, came to the bench so it wasn't as if he was just sort of chucks into the mix straight away. Um, I know that Paunovic and uh, you know, managers in the past have been worried about throwing players back in too soon, uh, precisely for this reason. Uh, so on reflection, maybe it was slightly too soon to to start him from the off. Um, you just never know, especially you know this time of year when it's colder conditions and the pitches are heavier, that might have an impact as well. Um, but uh yeah he just he just went down and clutched his hamstring and uh say uh, hopefully it's not a, a long term one but uh, clearly it's
2: going to be one which going to keep him out
1: uh, for the next few weeks We'll say.
2: Yeah and it's just our luck that in in the week where uh the physio writes a long piece about how none of the injuries are really you know preventable uh we get one that I mean not not it, it wasn't a contact injury basically like how uh, some of the rest of them were and and whether it's to do with conditioning or not, or just an unlucky circumstance, I guess it, I, that's just hard to judge for anyone, but hopefully we'll see him back fit soon. soon. Um, George Puskas will get another chance, I assume, um, against Bournemouth. Yes, uh, I think so. Um,
1: whenever you make of him, I think you know, he's going to be given that opportunity because uh, basically there's no one else. Um, I watched the 23s against Southampton on Monday night. Jamari Clark played the full game. Uh, to be honest, I don't think he was that good. Um, he, he didn't always hold the ball up effectively, um, and him and uh, Kelvin uh, I can't, sorry, I can't pronounce his surname um, didn't really offer too much. So um, I can't see him starting. He may get the final few minutes or so uh, as a replacement, but uh, you know, George Prisky is, is, is going to be the one up top. Um, you know, again, there's not there's very few options because I can't see any of uh, the injured players coming back into the mix this weekend um so you know had that been the case then i'd say maybe push swift up um uh you know bring you know had hoylett or a little fit then uh, i imagine you know they might have been uh, given a go as a false nine but just really due to, due to this uh severe shortage of options that Velka panovich has got i think uh he's gonna play george puskas up top
2: Yeah, I guess one of the things that um, with those under twenty-three players is when you only see them scoring on on a flash scores app or something, you you kind of you you never really understand what their game is actually like. And I think the Tilehurst had quite a good article about it this week about um, playing youngsters. And I think yes, he scored a hat trick in the Premier League, um, Jamari Clark, but Premier League Cup, sorry, not obviously the Premier League, but. but other than that he's not scored that many goals in in the actual under 23 league this season so you know it's sort of a confirmation bias i guess when you only see him scoring and, and don't necessarily get the whole picture that way so people like people's got got to be uh, a little bit um god what's the word that i'm looking for but obviously he's going to take time to come through he's still he's still yeah. young he'll, he'll make it i think at least at some some level uh whether it's with reading or not it's always very difficult to tell um, yeah i mean he's only, he's only just turned 18 as well so i mean yeah really
1: exactly give him time um you know he isn't completely out of place when he's come on as a substitute yeah. in the first team games uh, albeit for sort of the final few minutes or so um say so the first time i've seen him for 90 minutes uh this this season so uh you know Maybe a, a tad harsh to, to judge him on one appearance, but uh, that's all I can do. And um, as I say, he didn't, he didn't pull up any trees um, playing against uh, a Southampton side, which i quite right in saying. Like, I think they're certainly at the bottom of the league. Um, that's only at the start of the week before they beat Reading. So um, you know, if he's not doing that against uh, a Southampton 23 side, then um, you know you've got to think he's probably still a bit of a way.
2: Uh, from making it a reading at a championship level. Um I guess the one positive for this week at least is that uh Reading have had the week off. Um in, in the sense that there's been no midweek game. Uh obviously I doubt they're all relaxing in, in uh lounge chairs by the pool. But um we like so many people have brought up fatigue this week and that the the team have looked tired. D- I mean my personal opinion on it uh is that especially against Blackpool they just had a week off to say that they're fatigued feels like a bit of a cop-out um is that fair Jonathan or do you you think that there is a sense of like a lot of these guys haven't played a a lot of football either at all in the sense of Delhi Bashiru or Aziz or or you know uh the younger guys and some of them like drink water and ramen and try to get their um their careers if not back on track at least at least uh well, yeah, no, probably back on track is a, is a fair way of saying it. Um, do, do you think that that is playing in um, to how we play in in games and, and tyre easily, maybe?
1: Uh, I mean, I think there is an element of that. I think it's it's uh, also sort of mentally draining, perhaps. Um, and, and like you said, I, th- I think I've read it on Tyler saying that, you know, the sort of the, the background of these players, um, it's, you know... Like him or, or loathe him, you look at someone like Chris Gunter who 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 played week after week, match after match, uh, season after season. Uh, you, you want that um, that ability to to, uh, to perform and not get injured and you know stay at that consistent level. But um, a lot of the players, you know, like you said, Bashiri's Bashir is off the back of a serious knee injury. water uh, hardly played um, the last few years or so. Um uh, Baba has been a, sort of you know across Europe and, and not really used to the championship. Um and, and you can go on with these players. So um I think there is an element of fatigue. Um I think, you know, from from what I've heard sort of the past year or so, I think you know, Belko Panovic is is quite uh demanding in training, which is, you know, no bad thing. Um but I say when you've got such a small squad and limited options, um, you, you know, you can't push anyone too far because um you know they can pick up injuries, and uh, we've seen what uh, uh some uh, serious injuries can can have on the side. So, um, I say yes, there is an element of fatigue. I think they they can tire in games. I think you know, Josh Josh Lawrence mentioned it. So uh, even sort of four or five games in, he said, you know, they need to get fitter. Um, so uh, so yeah, I think it, it's it's not just sort of one one factor. I mean, is it, is it, it'd be great to say you know. You know, they are tied that's the reason why they are performing badly uh they need to up their game i guess you know on and off the field uh, and then everything will be all right um i say it, it, and it's just the relentless nature of the, of the championship they've got three games in it in a week coming up uh so that's going to really test them again so um yeah i, I mean have I answered your question i've kind of gone uh, maybe in a roundabout route but um you know hopefully this this week will uh will um you know freshen them up a bit, and uh, there'll be hopefully there'll be all systems go
2: on, on Saturday night. Yeah, and I mean, they've got that extra bit of rest because we're playing at 8pm, which is just a frankly ludicrous time to be playing football on a Saturday night. Um, I don't know if the players even would rather play it earlier. I know if I was playing, I'd rather get it done, in you know, Sunday league style, 10.30 in the morning and have it done for the rest of the day. But I guess that's not really an option for them. Um, I guess the one flip side of having such a small squad is we know the team now um pretty much I can't imagine Panovvitch is going to spring many surprises um and 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 especially when we had so many players come in uh kind of late in the window they're, they're sort of starting to gel a bit um whether that'll continue against Bournemouth a Bournemouth team who are absolutely flying uh, I'm not so sure um what 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 do you make of of the game on Saturday, I, I assume it, you think it's going to be a tough one.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, Bournemouth have fourteen games unbeaten. They're, they're on a club record, or matching a, an existing club record at the moment. So, uh, yeah, the tests obviously don't come any tougher than, than Bournemouth. Um, however, you know, I, you know, there are some things going in Reading's favour. They've got a week off, I know Bournemouth have as well, but um, you know, you, you do get some special nights under the lights at the uh, select car leasing stadium and uh, you know maybe why not this weekend if they, if they can kind of recapture that uh, that form that they showed in, in that excellent run between sort of mid-september and uh yeah mid-october um they can get on the front foot you know maybe even george puskas might score um you know that then uh, they've got half a chance I, I imagine they will concede a goal so it's worth whether they can score more than one goal um which you know i say on their day they're capable of if they phobia gyro comes to the party of silly Pashiru can, can get in some good positions and and we all know about john swift's quality so um you know i think they certainly on paper they've got the quality um the last few games you know they'll the, the parish will certainly want the response um certainly having not seen it at blackburn last weekend um but uh, you know they've got a fairly decent record at home so far this season um, I certainly think they'll, they'll give Bournemouth a good game, whether, whether they'll have enough to win uh, remains to be seen. But um, yeah, we had two good entertaining fixtures between the two sides last season, and
2: uh, I think that it could be similar on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Reading can turn over any team on their day is part of the frustration and part of the hope going into these, these kind of games. Obviously, that result at Fulham, people will kind of cling on to that, saying that you know we can beat these kind of teams. Um but then, then we have a few losses. It goes the other way. I remember, um, is it Lee Johnson, the, the now Sunderland manager? Um, when he was at Bristol City, people just said he, he went on these massive streaks of either wins or losses. And it does feel pretty similar with, with Reading. Like It doesn't feel like we're going to get out of a slide quickly. But when we do, things turn around and, and stay good for a prolonged period of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we saw that last season as well, didn't we? The, the great start of the season, then it sort of tailed off. um And this season, it's uh, started off badly, uh turning things around, and now we're in a bit of a slump again. So, um yeah, I mean, I guess that that is also partly the championship, the sort of the, the lack of consistency from from players and sides alike, um and it's yeah the the ones who are really the the the, the class apart. Are, are, Kind of the the former Premier League sides who've um, you know have have that bit of extra quality uh, in their squads, which uh, enables them to perform at a a, a, the level which is slightly higher than the rest. So um, yes, I mean it's it's hugely frustrating because uh, you know we we all know what what Reading are capable of, Um, but um, you know that they could produce a ten out of ten performance or a or a two or three out of ten performance. So. Um, yeah, it's the hope that kills you,
2: doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I know. You, te- I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, excellent program. Uh, I know Dave from this podcast absolutely hates it, but that's that's wrong. That's the, that's the whole point. I've seen of the this. Season. Oh, I've
1: seen the, same thing you've seen the first series. Is it? Yeah, right,
2: series yeah. one finale, all about how it's the hope that kills you, and that's a silly attitude until until it isn't, and then uh, you know yeah. you, that's ah oh, now now I'm remembering playoff finals. So let, let's not go down this this lane. Um, so, do you have a score prediction for for Saturday night? Uh, right. So,
1: I've, I've done about four or five previews uh, for this game actually, and uh, I've got to stay consistent. Um, somehow, I, I, I'm thinking that uh, Bournemouth's uh, unbeaten run is going to come to an end, and, and Reading are going to sneak a two-one victory. Um, I'm not quite sure what I'm basing my prediction on, but um, I've got a feeling that they that they they might they might well
2: do it you have to speak these things into existence don't you like you, you really you can't you can't go with losses uh, this is my problem every time i do this podcast i'm like i can't go with a loss that feels so defeatist even before the game so you know what i might match it 2-1 or uh, yeah yeah let's match it i think i think going any any higher or lower might be either optimistic or or too realistic for i'm for quite i uh, uh, tend to be seen, seen uh as
1: too negative at times so I'm uh, trying to be positive and uh, yeah no, let's go for the win this weekend
2: Perfect, well I love it uh, let, let's let's hope we've got nothing but hope uh, Jonathan thank you very much for joining us uh, up next we'll be getting the Bournemouth side of things I'm here with Tom Jordan from the Back of the Net podcast that cover AFC Bournemouth, how you doing Tom?
0: Yeah very well mate yeah I mean it'd be weird if I didn't say that with the start we've had to the season so yeah I'm all good yeah,
2: normally I would. Uh, my first question is: is how is your season going? But I, I
0: think it's going well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we listen. We have got a, a really good squad, so we expect to be there or thereabouts. But haven't lost a game yet. Going into to the game with you guys and new manager, so you think, oh, will it take time to adapt? But it's been bang on at the moment. So um, yeah, we're all really positive with what we're seeing at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean. So it's 14 games right uh, now, uh, unbeaten. Um, It feels weird going through your fixtures and it's kind of like, yes, there aren't many games that you should be struggling in um, other than maybe that West Brom game early on in the season. But as we've seen so often in a championship, there are so many potential banana skins. Um, Have you played as well as the results suggest?
0: Um, I would say, yeah, in, in, in patches. I think what we've... What we've done well is is controlled games. Really, we've been we've been pretty solid defensively, which obviously gives you a really good platform. And in moments, we've we've got that quality. You know, Dom Solanke's firing, Philip Billings getting on the on the goal sheet as well. And um, yeah, I don't know. We're just yeah, I feel like it's control rather than we're not really battering teams. Um, but we never really look like we're going to concede more than one. If that, I mean, we've kept I think it's six clean sheets in a row on the on the road. Um so obviously that gives you a chance to win any football match. Um so yeah, I'd I'd say it's more control as and it's been it's been really solid and they work their socks off and we've just got a little bit too much quality to then draw a blank most of the time. So yeah, I mean there's there's gonna be gonna be the odd blip in the road, which will be interesting how we bounce back. But at the moment it's um yeah, just everything. We're just ticking every box at the moment from defensively and up the other end as well.
2: Yeah, I was looking at your transfers over the summer and obviously Dan Juma went out, um, Sam Surridge went out, um, but you kept hold of most of the core squad and you added names like, you know, Ryan Christie, Jamal Lowe, uh, Gary Cahill, Marcondes, like really good players. Um, and and some of them aren't even getting game time. Is that because they're injured or just because, you know, the, the core of the Bournemouth squad are so good to begin with?
0: Yeah, the, the squad is is really really strong. We've um, like you say, we it's it's a weird one because I think probably our best two players last season were Dan Juma and Begovic, who have uh, both gone. But you know, sometimes best players don't make the best teams, and we've got a really good blend to us at the moment. And yeah, like you say, some good additions. And I think Jamal Lowe's just he started one game and scored, um, so he hasn't done anything wrong. I think it's just the uh, the moment Ryan Christie's been brilliant, uh, Dom solanke has been brilliant. Obviously, Brooks is out at the moment, which is sad, but Christie's come in and done really well. I mean, Lewis Cook has literally only just completed a couple of under-23 games. He's been out. Stalas um, has had the odd injury, but really it's just because people can't get... The squad's really strong. I don't think Steve Cook has made a single matchday squad yet, and he's not injured. Um, and he was our captain last season. So, yeah, it's just it's just the depth of it at the moment. And some of the youngsters, uh, Jordan Zamora, Jaden Anthony, Gavin Kilkenny, have come from nowhere, really, and I'm really impressed. So it's made that the squad seem even stronger than it already is.
2: And I guess the the one big thing that happened, you know, off the pitch over the summer was Scott Parker coming in, like quite a few, I think it's fair to say, there are still a lot of question marks over Scott Parker um, when he took the job. How have Bournemouth fans sort of uh, taken to him?
0: Well, we love him at the moment. I mean, he had lost a game, so it's... Uh... Not too bad. But yeah, I think, I don't know, it seemed to be, I, I was quite open to it and I kind of liked the thought that it was a, a long-term kind of appointment in terms of, you know, he's a young manager who obviously has a bit of a a, a bit of process in place. And I could see it being long-term. I'd always rather that than a kind of stopgap manager to try and just get you out. But um, yeah, it's it still remains to be seen. But at the moment, we can't, can't complain. It's been controlled football, sorted us out defensively, for sure. Good additions, like you say. And yeah, I think Fulham fans said it got a bit boring, and you know they're very they're on to you all the time about the fact that it'll, um, we won't like him after too long. But at the moment, what we've seen, we're we're really happy. It's it's good high press, and everyone seems to seems to really be buying into it. So we're happy, and he um, he wears some nice cardigans as well. So you can complain? Yeah, I mean.
2: He, he he has got a bit of style to him, Scott Parker, doesn't he? You wouldn't have thought that during his playing days, but uh, he pulls off some he pulls off some nice uh nice outfits. Um, anyway, back back to the football. Uh, so, how does he actually have you playing? Like, um, I am looking at FB Ref now, but the fix the formations. Uh, he's got you set up in a four three three kind of thing. Um, yeah. and I think that that's not too dissimilar to how you were playing under Eddie Howe, is it? Um, especially with sort of Dan Juma coming off the wings. But um, yeah. yeah, so is it just small tweaks that um, he's made and, and it's sort of business as, as usual?
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, more subtle tweaks. I think um, Philip Billin, for example, is definitely playing a higher up of that three. He's definitely trying to get uh, you know in amongst Solanke and get beyond him and and things like that, whereas he's been used a bit a bit more defensively, probably just because of his size in the past when really... He's a goal threat, to be honest. And, yeah, I'd say the wingers like to come in a little bit. We normally, I mean, I I expect us to go kind of Christy and Anthony, who will both kind of come inside. And we really, the fullbacks really bomb on now. They play like wing-backs. And I think that's partly down to the fact that Gary Cahill and Lloyd Kelly, really good partnership at the back, so we can kind of trust them. And then whether it be Jefferson Lerma, Ben Pearson, he can't get in the team at the moment, but they kind of sit in front of the defence, and it gives us a good protection to build on. But... I'd say mainly yeah like I mentioned earlier better defensively that's massively down to Gary Cahill who's unbelievable at this level so far but um it's probably the off the ball stuff they 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 work the socks off and really quickly try and get it back it's a it's a real high press high energy that that goes from the front Solanke, Christian Anthony don't stop so um yeah that's that's been a, that's been the little tweaks here and there without anything major because we already had the quality in the squad so um you know I think Scott Parker would have been pleased with the squad he, he assembled and yeah, just a few little additions, little tweaks here and there, and it's going all right.
2: And uh, what are you expecting from the game at the Madaiski? Like, presumably, by the sounds of it, you're going to come out on the front foot and just just play the way that you guys play, uh, even if it is at a completely ridiculous kickoff time of 8 pm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we've got to be confident going into every game with the way we started, but um, we expect it to be a difficult game, running away. I mean, I. Don't ever remember having an easy game at, at Reading, so yeah, we know it's going to be a tough game. You've kind of been consistently inconsistent, I guess, but um, you've got some good players, and obviously John Swift's obviously been highlighted, for example. But yeah, I think it'll be a tight one, and and as I say earlier, we haven't really battered anyone on the road in terms of a scoreline, so I think it'll be quite tight, and we'll we'll wait for our moments. But I think I'd like to think we'll have a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, we're certainly not not taking it for granted, and. Certainly, I've got to be honest, I don't want our first defeat to be to you guys. today.
2: <laughs> well, uh, just before uh, we came on the podcast, we were kind of drawing parallels between Reading last season yeah. and Bournemouth this season. Obviously, Reading couldn't quite make it, you know, stick. But it, it feels like Bournemouth. Bournemouth will. I mean, anything other than automatic promotion. Well, anything other than, yeah, let's say automatic promotion would probably be a disappointment now for you guys.
0: Yeah, it definitely would now. I think at the start of the season, I probably would have taken the top six just because of the, you know, you don't know how long it's going to adapt to a new manager and losing Dan Juma and things like that. But the way we started, I think um, I definitely wouldn't take third now. You know, we've got to be looking at them top two. I think, yeah, I kind of, I think the, the difference probably is, you know, with no disrespect, we've probably got the, we've got a squad that's really, really strong, whereas you were probably punching above your weight a little bit, to your credit, for long periods last season. Probably a little bit more similarities to Cardiff Coventry at the moment um, in terms of they're up there doing really well. But you think will they will they stay in there? Whereas I think just because of the nature of our squad, we've we've got unbelievable players. We're well aware of that. So um, now that they seem to be ticking a little bit better and playing more as a unit, yeah, we I think us and Fulham. You could probably have West Brom. I, th- I would like to think it's probably going to be two out of them three. So they're played each other. Funnily enough, on the weekend, so that'd be interesting. But we've we've got to be looking for top two minimum now. But yeah, I think we just tick away, get points, a good little grind out wins on the road, and, and keep winning our home games, and I think we'll be all right.
2: Yeah, I mean, before the season, everyone expected Sheffield United to be up there as well, That's and right. maybe it would have been a bit more of a lottery uh, between mm. those kind of the three you've mentioned and Sheffield United. But when you take them out of it and the start that you've had, I mean, you've already got a six point cushion. Like, and as you say, if Fulham and West Brom is a draw, and um, obviously you won't beat Reading, but if you were to beat Reading, then. Things are looking awfully rosy. Um, yeah. Do you have a score prediction for Saturday night? Um, wh- how how confident are you? Let's put numbers on it.
0: I'm not like overly confident, just because I, I think it is a difficult game. I really do, and I think you know eight o'clock on the telly and that. I think you, you guys will get up for it. Um, I think we're going to nick it one nil. That's what I'll probably go for. Um, I think it'll be quite a tight affair, but I think we'll nick it one nil. Uh, probably go Dom Solanke. He's on fire at the moment. So yeah, I'd, I'd edge it one nil. But to be honest, as much as I wouldn't take a draw, it wouldn't be a disaster because, like you say, we've had a good we've had a good start of the season. West Brom are playing Fulham, so they can't both win, and it is a tough place to go. I think you know, give yourselves some credit. I don't think many teams would would like coming to Reading. And you did, if I'm right in thinking, you beat Fulham earlier in the season. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You have helped uh, us
0: out, so uh, hopefully you won't <laughs> help them out.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it's funny. I was I was talking to Jonathan Lowe, the, um, like a Reading reporter, for the first half of this podcast, saying. Mm those kind of results are both the reason why you go into these games having hope that that redding could do something but also an awful sense of frustration when when yeah. we end up losing some kind of easier games but that's just where we are at the minute i think especially with uh, the number of injuries we've got um our our injury table is is frankly ridiculous sure. so i i mean i i would more than happily take a draw um in, in in the first half of this podcast, I actually said that we'd win 2-1, but I'm not sure I believe that. I mean, that that is that is being high on Hopium. Um, uh, I I just like to come out of it. Yeah, a point. Should we take a point? A point's fine. Yeah. We can agree now and we don't need to play the game. Yeah, there you
0: go. Who will be leading the line for you guys, do you think? Uh,
2: so George Puskas probably because uh, yeah. um, Lucas Yao has been out injured since... Uh, the very opening of the season Um, and then Fermi Aziz who we kind of tried out last week injured his hamstring half an hour in so I think we're back to George Puskas
0: yeah well I just remembered even at his time at Sheffield Wednesday Jao's always causes problems he's just one of them strikers so I don't like facing them. so that's that's a positive from us I did think he was out to be fair but um yeah he's someone that you're probably missing at the moment then a hundred percent I think yeah. Lucas Jow is probably useless, isn't he
2: yeah, he's probably too good for this level on his like when he's on his day and when he's yeah. not injured. But the problem is he's injured far too much of the time. And then his fall off at the back end of last season was really what hampered us. Um, well, that and a few other things. I don't want to put it all on one player, obviously. But he did miss a couple of pretty decent chances that uh, cost us towards the end. But he also put us in that position. So, you know, swings and yeah. roundabouts. Yeah. Um, and George Puskas hasn't got a goal yet this season, but may- maybe this will be the weekend he breaks his duck. Uh, we say right. that every week on this podcast, but it's got to be one week. He can't go the whole season without scoring. It'd be it'd be ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he'd be fine. I'm sure he'd be fine. I am sure if I haven't seen too much of him to be fair. So um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what he's like up, up top because yeah, I've always been. I've always looked at the threats of kind of being Jao Mate things like that, but they all seem to both be injured. So. Yeah, I do feel for you guys, you do seem to be losing players. But obviously, Swift at the moment, you're lucky you're getting goals from midfield. So, that's always a, a massive bonus. We've we've been able to do that with Philip Billing as well. So, it's a massive plus if you can get goals from midfield. So, he's definitely one to watch. And he's having a great season. Uh, he is.
2: It, I like Personally, I think he's the best player in the Championship, John Swift. I think there's no chance that he'll be here next season because uh, he's out of contract in in June. And uh we do not have any money. So, he... Oh. Just gotta just gotta enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. But uh it, it's probably coming to an end. And just and blow, as well this podcast. Money. That's a good that's a good segue into yeah. uh <laughs> into ending things. Uh Tom, thanks very much. Uh I don't think you need luck for this weekend. I think that you've you've probably got more than enough to, to come to the SCL and uh SCL select car leasing. Yeah, that's that's the right way around. I've still not got used to it not being called no, the
0: we call it uh, the Medeski don't worry
2: yeah exactly it'll be the Medeski forevermore in in my heart at least um thanks very much Tom and uh
0: enjoy the rest of the season thank you mate all the best to you guys as well and uh hopefully it'll be a good game anyway yeah
2: let's let's enjoy it if nothing else